More trouble, though, for Air New Zealand this morning because everyone's sick. They've announced a reduced schedule for the next six months. Uh, that potentially means disruptions both internationally and locally. Uh, Chief Executive Greg Foran back with us. Morning. Good morning. When we say 1.5% fewer seats, what's that actually mean on any given day, on any given flight to any destination? Um, give, let me give you two stats around that, Mike. It's 100,000 seats out of 11 million over the period of time we're talking about, or it's about 10 domestic flights out of about 500 a day and one international flight out of about 65 a day. So if I was looking to book, I wouldn't go, hang on, there's nothing here. To There are still plenty of flights. There are still plenty of seats you can book. That is correct. Is it the sickness or the lack of hiring to bolster the numbers in the first place that's the major problem here? I would say it's 50-50. We're running sickness at the moment about two to three times normal level, and we are hiring as fast as we can. We've brought back about 2,000 people in total, included in that are 1,100 crew and pilots. But we can't hire any faster than that because we've got to get everyone trained up and ready to go. So it's a combination of both. And the sickness two to three times normal, what is it, COVID or flu or both? I would say, based on my anecdotal conversations, about 50-50. OK. Do the COVID rules then need to be loosened? In other words, if you're asymptomatic or you think you can work, should you be able to if you can rat test? Um, look, we're having discussions on that at the moment, I think, as a lot of people would be. Um, we're sort of in the hands of Ministry of Health for what they want to do. That would assist, obviously, but we're just waiting is, is this going to bite you in the bum long term? I'm reading a piece on JetBlue in America. They're having to overhire to cover their problems, and they're saying half their staff are going to have less than two years aviation industry experience, and that's if, if they even stay. Is that the sort of problem you're facing? We've said to ourselves, um, let's get a little bit more insurance into the system, a bit more surety for customers, and so that's what this is about. It takes a bit of pressure off our people. You know, of the um, 1,100 or so pilots and cabin crew that we'd brought back, just about all of those were with us beforehand. Right. So the experience is still quite strong and people are very keen to work with us. OK. I had another report the other day. You're carrying 60% in June. You were carrying, uh, sorry, 60% capacity pre-COVID. But in June, you were carrying 10% fewer passengers than you were last June. Is that of concern? What's happened? Um, actually, what we're seeing is that uh, people flying for leisure is actually ahead of COVID and people flying for business is behind COVID. So the combination of that means that we were down slightly in June, but actually it's pretty strong okay. at the moment and we're seeing more and more people getting back and wanting to travel. Is that business equation a problem going forward given if they're not travelling now, when will they travel or are they Zooming everywhere? No, I think what we're seeing increasingly is that people are very keen to meet face-to-face. -face. And each week, literally, as I look at the amount of people who are, who are travelling for business, I'm seeing it just continue to tick up, and I'm not all that concerned about it. OK, so if you're at 60% of pre-COVID in general, when are you at 100, do you think? Um, we have said and and uh, that we are basically running at about 90% pre-COVID in total, which includes all international and domestic, around Christmas. OK. Is the airline, and you're one of dozens of airlines all around the world, is the airline industry in general culpable of pushing too hard, selling too many tickets, promising too much, 
and just getting up the nose of a lot of passengers globally? Yeah, look, I don't want to comment on on other airlines. I can tell you that's something that we um, take very seriously, and that's actually why we've done this action right now. So I've got a lot of empathy for the 100,000 customers that we're going to disrupt over the next 24, 48 hours out of the 11 million. But I think it's much better to be upfront and tell them about that now and give them greater surety going into Christmas than late cancellations a day or two before you're going to fly. So this just gives us a bit of breathing space. So we're very concerned about being able to say to people, you know, barring other things that we can't control, we're in a much better position now to guarantee you as best we can, mm. that you'll be able to get to where you need to going into Christmas. And knowing that you don't want to comment on other airlines, tell me how it is that Singapore are making profit and they're on a list of the least number of cancellations of any airlines and you're at the other end of that. How come they can do one thing and you can't? Yeah, look, I think one of the things that Singapore did is they didn't let any of their staff go. Uh, they held on to everyone all the way through the pandemic, but they are effectively a government-controlled enterprise. As opposed to what, you? Uh, as opposed to us who still have 49% of our shareholders who are looking for us to get a, give a return. So that's their unique advantage, you would argue, and you couldn't have done anything to match them. It just seems Singapore, small island nation, 5 million people, they're doing something we're not. Uh, well, that's an approach that they operate in terms of their airline and ours is slightly different. You know, we've been able to uh, weather through the COVID period reasonably well. I think the restart has been, by and large, pretty good. And um, as I said, this latest tweak just gives us a bit more insurance. All right, appreciate your time. Greg Foran, the um, Air New Zealand Chief Executive.